What's up, rockers? Welcome to another episode of the Talk Louder podcast, where we geek out on all things rock and roll. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Leave us your likes and comments. You can also leave likes and comments on our Facebook page. Follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Instagram at TalkLouder underscore podcast. And of course, our website, TalkLouderPodcast.com, where you'll find links to our merch and all of our previous episodes. I'm Metal Dave, along with my co-host, Jason McMaster. And uh, today we're joined for the second time by Queensryche singer Todd LaTorre. Uh, Todd's always a great guest, man. Uh, so many great stories, such a chill, cool dude. And he's back with us today to talk about his solo record, Rejoice in the Suffering. The album came out in 2021, so it's been out for a little while, uh, but it's a great album. If you're a fan of Queensryche, you'll find plenty to like on it. Um, I think there's a little more, in my opinion, there's some some heavier elements, maybe a little more thrashy elements yes. than, you'll, than I, you'll hear. I was going to say, there's moments that are so fucking heavy, you're like, yeah, your brain I was splitting in a couple. I of almost places. feel like the 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 description might be if you had to describe it, maybe the baseline is Queensrÿche, and then it gets a little heavier and thrashier from there in certain places. Okay. Um, but Todd, of course, his vocals are just you know over the moon. Uh, he plays drums on the record. Uh, he's a great drummer. He played on he played drums on the Queensrÿche album, The Verdict. If if uh, you're familiar with that album, that's him playing drums on that album. So a very accomplished drummer, obviously an accomplished singer, uh, multi-instrumentalist, uh, great songwriter, great dude, always a great conversation. I'm, uh, I'm, I have to say, so this episode, you know, we've had him on the, on the show before. Mm-hmm. This episode is only half as long. I mean, the first one, <laughs> we just went crazy. We're like, he stayed with us like three hours. It was, it was re- a bit ridiculous, but it was just a cool hang. It was and great. We kept it all. We kept it all. Yeah. So this one's slightly more focused. We we do go off and we we kind of cut up a little bit. But the the point is is I really want uh, his solo stuff uh, to do well. So mm. I wanted to talk about rejoice in the suffering. The uh, on to top that it's recently been released. Uh, the first issue is on Rat Pack Records, and you, of course, can still get that version of it uh, digitally as well as uh, hard copy, if you will. So now there is, uh, and it was on vinyl the first time too, on white vinyl, there are, now pre-orders are being taken for uh, an opaque red and a white with blood splatter, I believe is the uh, concoctions they have this time of this version of Rejoice in the Suffering by Todd LaTorre. Now, uh, this th- the company that put this out is Roar uh, Rock of Angels Records, I believe, and he's taking pre-orders now. Uh, if these are beautiful sort of, I call them playable art, right? Yeah. You could put yeah, yeah. art on the record player, right? Um, probably comes with all of the, you can get this, you know, the the bundle, if you will, I think. I think that there's a, a reissue of the CD that comes with, with these. Uh, I'm not certain, but I just really, I love Todd. He's always been so cool. Uh, and uh, I want this record to do well. When he reached out a couple of weeks ago about these, uh, 
not reissues, but these uh, special editions of the mm-hmm. of the of the uh, a, a newer uh, vinyl version. By the way, two hundred of the white with blood splatter, I believe, and three only three hundred of the uh, opaque red. That's only five hundred copies, so it's it's very limited special edition. Very very cool. In the U.S. and Canada, you're probably going to pay a lot for the shipping. These are on. Um, they're probably. I think he mentions that they're they're produced and 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 you know manufactured in Germany. Mm, yeah. So uh, it's gonna it's it's a European reissue kind of, and uh, so it'll be easier for people over there to get these special edition uh, issues, and harder for us. Harder for us yanks so well yeah they they look beautiful as you said yeah. and uh, we will have some photos in the montage i also wanted to give a quick shout to our friend kenny sanford because we're going to use a couple of his live photos of todd latori uh in our photo montage uh so yeah todd's got the uh rejoice in the sufferings it's sort of the 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 special edition if you will colored vinyl out now and of course, uh, still busy with Queensryche, getting ready to kick off another leg of the Digital Noise Alliance tour. They go out March 3rd on a triple bill with uh, Marty Friedman and Trauma. So uh, keep an eye out for that. He'll be on the road and coming. We're having uh, Chris from Trauma on the show very soon, aren't we, Dave? Correct. Yes. So that'll uh, probably come out around the same time or right before that Queensryche tour starts March 3rd. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Happy to have him again. Uh, Todd LaTorre on the Talk Louder podcast today. My pleasure. We're we're bragging on you all the time now, dude. You're awesome. You're awesome. (laughs) We're your we're your we're your Texas street team. Good good people you are. Yeah. Um, I want to the reason uh, that I have called this meeting today. Sounds friends, official. Yeah, friends, yeah. Friends and countrymen is I want to help you promote. We want to help you promote your solo record. These reissues on vinyl are incredible looking. Mm-hmm. Um, I've yet to hold one in my hands. Hint, hint. But the deal, <laughs> the, the deal is, let's talk about the music. I'm just going to vomit here. The the music, from what I've heard so far, I'm not a pro yet on your solo uh, stuff, but the musicianship alone is mind-blowing, breathtaking, incredible. Um, what is your approach to writing this stuff? We'll talk about the where they can get it. We want to talk about that so they yeah. can go get the shit. Yeah. What is your approach to this with your songwriting partner? And I, I don't recall his name at the moment. Craig. Craig Blackwell. What is y'all, you guys' approach to writing a, a, a tune for your solo project? Do you, do you, do you not worry about what it's going to sound like? Or do you have a bullseye? Are you thinking, okay, let's put my Queensryche brain over here. I mean, what, give us a scenario. I'm just stabbing in the dark. Yeah, sure. And we should tell people the album is called rejoice in the suffering. Yeah. So that that's 2021 Todd's solo record rejoice in the suffering. Yeah. Go ahead, Todd. Yeah. Thanks. 
So because it's my it was my record, I don't have to like get a you know, hey, you know, usually they'll Queen's right dude, they'll give me music. You know, I might write a, a little I might have a guitar idea. So like on the new record, there's some stuff that um like I used to have this this prog thing that kind of went uh uh so it was like a uh seven 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 then one two three one two three uh one two three four and then i would flip it one two three four one two three one two three after the seven the seven time you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, one, and then I reverse it. So I had this whole guitar piece that I was gonna use for me. I never ended up using it, so I showed it to Michael. Well, he kind of changed it, and it was used in the song. Uh, I think it was used in Tormentum, uh, which is like uh, it was like um, dig dig. It was kind of simplified from all the, the notes that I had. Those kinds of things, it's like, oh, I don't want to change that. In Queensryche, you got to give and take, right? That's that's what it, you know, that's what it is to be in a band. And they're going to chop up your ideas. You might chop up their ideas, that kind of thing. With my solo record, I get exactly what I want the way I want it. I I have I bang the gavel. It's my stuff. I love that because you know nobody's opinion is wrong. It's just not mine. <laughs> so, no, so, it's not. You're, you're you know so, so that's the whole point. Is <laughs> is no man. I don't want to change that. I want it this way. So so Craig. So on my solo stuff as a drummer, I'll say, hey man. I want a song like on the on that record uh, that's like that's the kind of thing I want. So on the drums I go and then he comes up with this, you know, you know, he comes up with a with a guitar groove and he sends it over and then I'm like, okay, yeah, hey, I want. A little less palm muting here and i want like a really kind of dissonant open chord to just ring out when i'm singing something and then in the hole you can bring in your palm muted little riffage and so we just would do that or he would say hey what do you think of this idea and he would send it over and i would say i love that like that's perfect go move on to the next part that's there's our there's our verse i'm good with that so okay that's going to happen again Maybe you layer a different guitar the second time the verse, that second verse to to add a little color to it and build it that way. But I mean, I did all the drums, I did all the vocals, Craig did all the guitars, and, and he did the bass. Originally, I had approached uh Jeff Lords, uh, who was the bassist for Crimson Glory, because he's just a, such a phenomenal bass player. He has a really interesting attack. I mean, the way he plays it's like it's 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 a very unique thing that he does and um i said hey would you would you be willing to throw some bass down on my record but 
I think due to time, he was a little apprehensive. He's very particular. I'm like, dude, whatever you do is going to be great. I'm not even worried about it. You know, I wasn't trying to direct him on what he's best at. But he's very so meticulous that he wanted to write every baseline perfect. And then he would. And it was just a, a process. And I was like, this is my deadline. This is what I got. And he didn't want to give me the he didn't want to say yes. and then he maybe couldn't deliver on the timeline because he has other stuff. He has a life too. Right. So, so at the, at the last minute I was like, well, you played bass on the demo stuff, Craig, just maybe just play bass on it again. I mean, tried to play it. I think more like a bass player would play it, but you can always, sometimes you can really tell when a guitar player plays bass versus when a bassist plays bass, they're just going to do things a little differently. Um, but anyway, so Craig did all that. It was just me and him. It was really easy, to be honest, guys. I mean, we we wrote and recorded the whole thing in four months. And uh, some songs were just like Crossroads to Insanity, which is like a ballad on the record. That was just like, he he had the music. He came up with the music. And I was like, that's, that's awesome. It's dark. It gets spacious. I love that. And I said, he goes, well, I have a melody idea on the on the on the vocal. And I said, well, what is it? And, and he told it to me. And, and that's what started out the verse parts. And then I wrote all the lyrics. And then uh, I think we had that song written and done in like. Two and a half days. Wow. Maybe, maybe three days. And then I said, you know, write your write your solo. That's a purposeful solo, which he did. And. You know, those things just came together really. Vanguards of the Don Wall wrote in one day. Um, Hellbound and Down, which there's a video for that one, too. That one was like my nemesis. Like, I could never get the chorus right. I felt maybe this will be a B-side. I don't know. And then somehow I end, we ended up, I, I got something right with this, with this chorus. And then this little breakdown uh, thing. But it worked out really, really well. Um, and, and we just self-produced it, you know? Um, and again, I, I wasn't, I didn't want to hire a producer because I, I know what I, exactly what I want. Mm. And, 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 and any of us could, could go into another band situation and be a producer. And by the way, the quotations weren't undermining producers, but you could be a producer and you could say, hey, I think you should sing when the guitar riff does this and kind of do it together. And another producer could say, you're walking on the riff, totally don't sing there. So everything is so subjective, right? And I didn't want somebody to say, well, I think you should do that. Well, now I'm giving the reins to somebody else. And that's the whole antithesis of why I'm doing exactly what I'm doing the way that I'm doing it. Could it have been better? Sure. I think something could always be improved, but at some point you got to put the paintbrush down and say, this, this is what I thought was great when we did it. Let it simmer for a little bit and go back and be like, yeah, that still holds up. That still kicks ass. Yeah. Well, it's, beyond, it's beyond a starting point because shit came out brutal and uh, your, vo your voice on the, on the songs that I've heard and, I don't have titles in my head, but I'm moving around the record going, 
I, I mean, you're, you're, you have like five or six different voices you're using throughout. And, uh, I hear all of your influences right there on your sleeve. Yeah. Um, they're, they're colors that I'm fairly familiar with. So I'm a fan of these colors. Every time you add them to the, the song, the painting, the song, whatever, however, yeah. whatever metaphor you have, it sounds like you're, your partnership with Craig is incredible. I know you guys have been working together, had a band. Since we were teenagers, yeah. the first band I ever joined as a drummer, he came over to my house because I was friends with the bass player and they were older than me, a couple years older. And uh, he came over to my house and he's like, hey, this is Craig. Cause the band was called Blackwell and they were like the cool high school band. And I was like, damn, that guy's badass, you know? And they came over and they're like, I'm like, well, I don't really know what you want me to play. And Craig's like, just play whatever. I said, okay, well, I'm, I've been playing to like mechanical resonance. Right. And so I put the headphones. On. I said, well, I'm just going to hit play and just play the song, you know? And I was like, uh, you know, as soon as I hit, I, before I even really did a lot, it was like you're in like he liked that he liked that the attack that i had and and just whatever it was he liked it so i joined that band and so i've known craig since my sophomore year of high school and we joined the band we had blackwell jackets you know like a little gang i still have the jacket <laughs> in my closet yeah he'll come over once in a blue moon and i'll go dude and i'll put it on it still fits he'll <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll go check that out. He's like he's like that's awesome, man. I can't, I don't know if he knows where his is, but so yeah, Craig and I have been working together since our teen teenage years, and did uh, other stuff like when I was in my twenties, we recorded some stuff, and uh, you know nobody's ever heard it. So I have like some recordings of where I sang and played drums. He played guitar and bass of when I was like you know in my 20 early 20s and uh and then there's some stuff that actually made it on that on that record um when we were just writing stuff together back in like 95 so, stu he, so stuff from that far back from as far back as 95 like just snippets ended oh, up, ended, yeah so ended so up on rejoice yeah so wow. the beginning of a song called uh critical cynic it goes uh so it's you know it's all that yeah and that you know that whole piece i said hey remember that thing we used to do that and he's like yeah i go i always thought that was so cool i i would love it if we could find a place for that and so i was like well what if we we both were like well what if we start the song like that and then it ends this with this chord, and then that comes in. And that's exactly, we wrote that in like 1995, 96. And we still we still talk about those old riff ideas. So so yeah, the making this thing together is great. And and here's the thing. He's he's really good at if I mouth the part. Um, he's really good at replicating, like we speak the same language. So if I say, you know, um, he knows when I'm palm muting, 
that's like palm muted. And then I'll open the string or right. Yeah. Or, or, or if I say, Hey, I got this idea for the solo and I'll, I'll play a little to where then I can't, but I'll say, I'm hearing it like this. And then, you know, bend out of the note here. And then, and so I can kind of talk him into some of these parts and he'll, he'll, and he'll get it like that. And I'll say, yes, right there. And then everything after that, do whatever you want, but I'm hearing the lead into the solo starting this way. And even the guys in Queens, right. Are so, they're so fucking cool guys because they don't say, Hey, you're the singer. Just stay in your lane. Uh, you know, Michael, Michael comes up with, uh, with lyrics and melodies and, you know, and he'll say, Hey, I got this idea. And if I can work it and it, and it's right, totally use it. Uh, on, on the song forest, which is the ballad, the slow, the slow ballad. So that whole, um, intro where you hear the guitar slide, that's my, I played that. That's me on the recording Wow. because, uh, I did it on the demo. He was playing something and I go, Hey, what about something like this? Can I see your guitar? He's like, yeah. I go, you got a slide. Yeah. I said, this reminds me of something you and Chris would have done. Check this out. And then I played this. We kind of just played around. He had a guitar and then I grabbed another guitar and we experimented with things and we recorded those ideas. And when the slide thing, it just fit. So when it came time to record, he's like, just use, just use what he played. And it's like, perfect. Why am I going to try to recreate what we already have? Yeah. So stuff like that, they're really, really so gracious and only care about what's best for the song. And they don't care if I played it or if they played it or if Eddie came up with a, the lyrics or a vocal or I did or Michael or Casey or who gives a shit. We just yeah, want to make that's... it great. But when you've got five, five dudes in the kitchen, it, it's tough sometimes because yeah. you're like, okay – I'm going to focus on kind of like my role. Otherwise it can be, and you have to let somebody shine at what they do. Like I would never tell Michael, Hey, like do this sweet picking arpeggio run into Michael's not that player. He doesn't play like that. No. So why would I ever try to get him to, to be what he's not? Or if somebody told me to, Hey, approach the vocal this way, if it's just really unnatural and I don't like it, it might be perfect and out of my comfort zone and I'll go for it. But if I'm just like, Hey, that is just not a stylistic thing I would ever want to do. Like, I don't want to do that. Can yeah. I just do it the way I do it? And then they'll say, you know, well, let's hear a couple of ways. And, and then I'll say, this is the way I'm hearing it and feeling it. And most of the time they're like, yeah, dude, you know, be who you are. The cool so thing the is record was, was really comfortable. Yeah. The cool thing, back to Michael and, and Eddie and them, uh, you know, j making suggestions to add to or, you know, to just add pages to the story that are optional mm -hmm. uh, is very cool and very open-minded to, to making a great record in the, out, in, in the end. It's not about, here's my riff. Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. I can't and wait you know for what? my riff to come around because that's that means that someone's going to get butt hurt. And it right. so like what it. I do, what I do in Queensryche is I don't. I've given them, I think, one kind of song, and and it just got 
hacked to pieces. And it was like, well, we don't, you know, we don't like that, but we like this. And, and so, um, I learned right then, Hey, when you come, well, Eddie comes to the band with full songs, but I don't. Um, and, uh, if I have an idea, like a little pretty thing, I'll say, Hey, check this chord out, check this thing out. You do you dig that? Yeah, that's cool. Cool. Maybe there's a spot where you find that that's a link mm-hmm. to something or, or whatever, because so what happened with the one song that I gave them, um, I wish I had a guitar plugged in, I'd show you, but, but it's like, uh, it was this more metal kind of riff. It wasn't really Queensryche in the style that I was playing this. And I was like, you know what? That this riff's badass. I'm totally gonna keep it for my stuff. Like if you if if you're gonna like chop it up a thousand ways, like I'd rather just not even give it to you. I'm gonna keep it for my own thing. And so I ended up using that riff on uh on one of my other one of my other songs. So yeah, there's no hard feelings or anything with that, but they're super open-minded when it comes to just everybody, you know, crossing over into the other person's instrument or something like that and that's what i really love what i loved about the solo record was vocally i could do whatever i wanted so going back to your other part of your question do i think okay i'm going to shelve queensrike over here and do that what i do is whatever that song makes me feel like singing so there's a song called vexed on the record and it starts out with this this acoustic you know it's a you know, uh, who knows the future? You're staring at the mysteries in the sky. And and it's got the, you know, the time machine. And it's a very Queensryche delivery. Like, it could totally be a Queensryche part. Yeah. But that's what that made me feel like. And so I just sang whatever I felt. Um, when the guys in Queensryche typically write, uh, if it sounds like that, that that sound i'm just gonna naturally sing it kind of in the queensrike way but if michael comes up with something heavier um where i natch i don't go oh i should try to make it sound like queensrike i just go this is what i'm feeling so there's a song called uh sick death on the record you know and it's like what to believe what is deceit you know tay would never sing it that way no, right? right but i don't care because i gotta do what i feel that's right. Sounds sounds natural and 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 gives it that punch, you know, and that's where I think Jason, with your vocal, is you can sing clean, but you also have have a lot of grit as well, right? And so part of that grit uh, will just give you an attitude that otherwise you're not going to get. Like if you th- listen to John Bush, right? He's got that that clean grit. He's got that grit in his voice and it gives it that that edge that if that were sung perfectly clean, it just wouldn't have quite that intensity and and, and sound to it. So um, I do have some scratchy stuff with the with the band, but on my own, I could do I mean, I did a song called One by One, which is full blown gutturals. Yeah. You know, it's all, you know, and it's like, cool, like I can do that. And I wanted to show you, you said it really well. And another time I did your podcast was you said, or maybe it was a phone call we were on. I can't recall, but you did say to me, um, you had to scratch that itch with my solo record. 
And I was like, yeah, I, and, and it made me less apt to feel like I need to do this, it, it, inject that into a Queensryche thing, right? Like, well, I'm, I have no other outlet to do this, this crazy thing. How can I get it out in a song over here? And, and I, I think I'm disciplined enough and respectful enough to know that that's not appropriate. So that this record we're talking about was just that perfect. Uh, it was like a purging for myself to just show everybody else, hey, this is these are other voicings that I can do and that I like to do. Um, check it out. You yeah. know, basically what it was. I love uh, I love the insight into the songwriting process with Queens, right? Because whatever it is you guys are doing, just keep doing it. Because I think Digital Noise Alliance was one of the best albums of last year. So consistent and such a great listen from start to finish. Uh, I love that record. And it, it kind, of, it kind of brought me back to Queensryche. I'll be honest. Uh, it was like, wow, this is really, really good. Um, so great album. Thank uh, you. I want to talk about, again, Rejoice in the Suffering. Um, I've heard people describe it or I've read maybe some reviews where people refer to it maybe as more of a metal album from you. Oh, yeah. And then, but then I hear songs like Crossroads to Insanity and you mentioned Vexed. Um, I hear things in there that would appeal to Queensryche fa uh, fans as well. So sure. how would you describe the album to people who haven't heard it? Um, I would say that it is um, a very, look, I, I might, I don't know how people react to that, but it's like more like true metal, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not, and uh, not saying that the other stuff that's out today isn't like metal, but when I think of like classic metal, it's more like simplified, not uh, not overplaying. Like I don't want to name this the station. Not that I should give a shit because I'm not even on it, and they won't even put us on it. But there's a there's a serious XM metal station that I put on in the car. And some of the stuff I, I really love, but it's always old. It's always old, uh, you know, Testament or Exodus or Overkill or Slayer. But everything else that's out, most of it, most of it, uh, with the exception of Gojira and stuff like that, whom I think are great. Yeah. There's a, I put it on and it's, you know, and it's just like, and then I'll put on like, yacht rock it'll be like you know uh fucking pina coladas <laughs> Dude, it's, it's just like you know jerry rafferty love, so don't forget it oh 10 cc yeah and i'm like oh, this is this is this is so nice and then i'll yeah. purposefully i'll put it back on and it'll be, you know, go, 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 down, go, go, da, 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 go, 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 down. And then I'll go, keep your picture on the wall. Yep. And I'll flip flop back, <laughs> right? All right, it'll be, that's how much I feel, feel for you, baby. Right? And then I'll go back again three minutes or a minute later. And, I, and I'll look, and it sounds the same, and it's another band's name. <laughs> and I'll do that on the course of a drive and then I'll put it on again. And it sounds like the same fucking band and it's another band and it sounds the same. 
Would so, you say that? Would you say that that kind of let's say that metal is in a box because it kind of is. Dude, it's, it's a in package. a box. Yeah, nailed, check it out. Nailed Nash- shut. Nashville is the same way. It's like the same <sighs> band, same guys in Nashville Dude. playing every on every new country stars. I use the word country loosely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's in a box, and it's all sounding uh, the same. It's all the same. Listen. And the sheep, the sheep listening, they don't care, which is really sad. Here. Dude, we're like the get off my lawn, kid. That's us now. Oh, I'm all about that. I need a shirt. Yeah, the music that. in my day. Yeah. Listen. <laughs> but the thing is, you're making man, me feel like, very welcome in this conversation. The thing is, is like you have great players. Okay, I'm hearing very talented musicians. I just don't hear any songs. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, and so. So I'm, I'm painting with a broad brush. Okay. But whatever, but it's like, so my going back, Dave, to the question you asked, how would I describe it? I think that there are moments where you'll hear some footwork. There are moments where you hear a, and then into a big note, it's not constant shredding. It's not, I don't give a fuck about shredding. Right. Not at all. If it if it makes musical sense and it and it is and it, there's a reason for it where it's it's going somewhere, then I would say okay that's great I I like parts of it but when it's just everybody overplaying over everything else there the, nothing there's no peaks and valleys it's everything's on eleven on on this record I I told Craig I love fight that first record from fight. Yeah, I love Halford's solo stuff. So, I I want stuff that grooves that has groove and makes you want to makes you want to do this. And there's not going to be just crazy fills all the time. I want there to be uh, melody and hooks, and hopefully I I achieve that. But it was more stripped down and simplified. There might be a key, like an uh, an atmospheric pad, to give it some color because you know it was very stripped. It was very stripped down sounding and and just very clean. And you know when you think of like accept or you think of some of these old you know classic bands where it's like you know it, it didn't have all this overplaying and it had room to breathe and yeah. and that was what I really really wanted. On the next one that I'm working on and writing ideas, uh, you know, and, and by the way, on Rejoice, we we used uh, the Mesa Boogie Mark IV and the and the EVH. So it was like really crunchy. I wanted that that bite. And I'm not saying the next one won't have that, but I'm thinking I might go more old school. I've been playing through like a 72 Marshall Plexi on my Kemper. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's like, you know, I was talking with Andy Sneep the other day and he was showing me his Marshall, one of these Marshalls and showed me like a sound that he had. And I was like, Hey, you know, if I play through this, can I get, and we were talking techie stuff and I was thinking, okay, everybody's got that real heavy, but man, when you listen to like old rainbow with Dio, right? Like it was heavy, but those guitars weren't so bitey, even though I love the bitey guitars on my record. I think on the next one, I'm going more, much more musical. I want more musical, less 
palm, less that, and more picking through some pretty chords. And I'm really kind of so even though I didn't go in to rejoice with a specific plan, I was like, hey, I really love the stuff we've done. And it is kind of in the fight Halford area, so to speak. Yeah. On this one, I'm thinking my headspace is more like um, more just musical and open and less good, 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 and more of like an older crunchy tone of like a Marshall that like I've never played through. I never played through a Marshall. When I when I mean when I say when I say I'm gonna throw some words out to you and see if you can imagine and recall the guitar tones. Okay. Rick Rubin on Rain and Blood made Carrie and Jeff plug straight into Marshall's. Think of that guitar tone right now. I don't think I they're using it. any pedal. Anything, yeah. They're going straight in. So that's Malcolm <clears throat> Young. That's Richie Blackmore. They're going straight in. That's a natural tone. It's kind of like you could do this. You could go, okay, Les Paul, Marshall, nothing in between. You know, maybe the preamp's up all the way, but it's 100 watts. So it's not going to break up or go, it's not like, right. it's not like gent, you know, right. doesn't have any of that rectifier crap on it at all. I call it natural. Right. That's good. We're That's talking well. about Slayer. Let's talk about Slayer. Metal is fuck, but yeah, natural straight in. It challenged those guys to, to play aggressive uh, without, you know, the, uh, the filters, if you will that make them that make the the in layman's term the 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 fans just go oh yeah it's crunchy metal let's get all the distortion pedals in a pile and plug it all yeah. up no let's don't do that in the studio less is more i feel yeah. like uh that's where where you're what you're kind of talking about on rejoice i think that it's great that you uh created your own thing uh, had Craig by your side, who's been obviously your partner in crime since you were 20 or younger. 15. 15. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. So it really says a lot uh, about the record. And you, to use my own phrase, you, you, the, the itches that were festering, fester no more. You got it all out. And now there's, now there's more things that you want to do. You have a good jumping off point. And uh, I think people need to go get this record. I know that it's been out for a little while. These, these, I, I hate to call it reissue because I still want to call it kind of a new record. Right. It's, yeah, it's, it's not, it's, well, what it really is, is, so this record was put out on Rat Pack Records and there were, there were some units shipped to Europe. So they were in some stores, but it was a, it was, there weren't a lot of vinyls put. I mean, God, it's just very expensive. Right. And that was all during COVID too. Mm -hmm. We were doing that. So, um, this is going to be, and, and honestly, it's really cool that somebody was interested two years after the release to, to do this. So the original vinyl is a, it's a double LP and they were white, really beautiful white that go with the cover. And then 
they were interested in doing uh, an exclusive European release that go in all the major stores. So there's, you know, so many thousands of CDs over there, a couple thousand CDs. Um, a lot of the Europeans, I, I believe, got digital only because it's so expensive to, you know, if you're in Germany or Norway or wherever, to buy from the States, have pay the shipping, and then all their VAT, all their taxes they have to pay. It's like, it's a lot of money. Yeah. And so now... If they're manufactured in Europe, this 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 uh, run that we're doing, and it's a uh, there's a an opaque red that looks killer. Yeah, there's two hundred of the I think there's two hundred of those, and then there's three hundred limited white with red blood splatter um, on those. So there's three hundred of those. So there's five hundred uh, limited vinyl the 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 two color versions and then and then they'll have the physical cd the, the digipack or whatever uh over there so now like when you go into like a store in europe nine times out of ten you'll find my record there and people can actually get the real the real thing and uh, you know as you guys know a lot of people especially europeans that love metal so much they love to collect vinyl mm -hmm. and they play vinyl so i'm really hopeful that that um that there's the interest over there i think that there is and um and so yeah that's what this so it's not a reissue per se but i i know what you mean though it, yeah. ki it kind of is but it isn't i mean it's special, the same special edition it's a special edition yeah. limited special edition yeah. on the vinyls and very, is it very limited i would say if yeah. i mean 500 total between the two colors that's that's it that's that's pretty limited so if you're it's a limited. fan you need to yeah. get <laughs> yeah and and i know that there's people here in the states that that love the record and got the vinyl and they bought the whole bundle with all the stuff that they're already they've already done the pre because there are pre-orders yeah happening now not shocked and, at uh, all yeah and so so they're buying i told the label i was like you're gonna have people from the states over here that are totally gonna want to buy that because you know they love the record and the fact that it's a limited run they're gonna want they're gonna want to snag it so so that's really good but yeah it's uh is that in the works then is that is it possible that the states might see those colored vinyls or is that strictly a if, thing? if you if you go online uh to roar-records.de um you the pre-order link is there and i think uh musicmegastore.com i think they'll have it but if you go to the so the the record label that's putting this out is called Roar Rock of Angels Records. So Matt Barlow and Freddie from Ashes of Aries turned me on to this label. And and they're uh I have really good relations with the Greeks and uh and they're a Greek label. And so, but they've got full distribution. And so, you know, if you're in Germany and or in Greece, because I think I, I, they might be manufactured in Germany. I'm not sure. But nevertheless, if you're an EU country, you're not going to get whacked with all the shipping. Like if you got it from the States or all those those duty taxes, those taxes. Yeah, that's what kills everything. Yeah. So 
I'm really glad that there's just, you know, you go into a mom and pop or all the big, all the big start like media mark. That's a huge store in Europe. It's like Best Buy, you know, right. mm-hmm. um, they're going to stock it there. I mean, my CD was in Tower Records in Japan. So I had people from from Tokyo that were sending me pictures of, you know, it said Todd LaTorre in the like the old school yeah. things that we used Place to card. Yeah. Yeah, 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 a little card. Yeah. 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 So it got distributed all over the world, but Europe was very limited on the physical. So this is the opportunity for the Europeans to, to get that uh, physical copy. I've seen, I've seen photos. Say if we wanted to order it, we could order it, but we would have to pay mega shipping, huh? You would have to pay, well, yeah, the shipping and then whatever the, the customs that they sure they tax. Yeah. Right. Well, Well, I've seen the photos of it and it is a, it is a beautiful looking LP. So um, thank you. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, now you got to buy two frameable because it's beautiful, and then one for the record player. <laughs> I need I need to tell them, hey, I want one. I need one of each. Craig needs one of each. <laughs> Zeus is probably going to want one of each. Yep. Like you know, I mean, I'll I'll pay for them. There's there's six sales right there. So you recorded yeah. this with with Zeus. So Craig and I recorded this on our own. Okay. And then. Um, and then Zeus, I hired him to mix and master it. Right. So, on. yeah. So that was it. I hired him to mix and master it. And then um, I had, actually, I'll show you this. Hang on. Let me grab this. Sure. This is uh, Todd LaTorre Show and Tell. Show and Tell. Yep. <laughs> Brought to you by. We're all Tom about Show and Tell. She's won, Harvey. You've won. So <laughs> my friend, unfortunately, who did the, there's three parts to this album cover. Let me grab a CD case and I'll show you. This happens to be a signed one from Craig and I, because I, I take these on tour with Queens, right? And I sell signed copies. Cool. But if you look at this artwork here, mm-hmm. uh, my friend, Eric Lorman is the one that created years ago, the TLT logo. Okay. Mm-hmm. My, my, and then this guy, Gene in Brazil, um, he does a lot of the artwork for Joe at Rat Pack. He did like metal church covers and lynch mob stuff and KXM. And anyway, he's really awesome. And he's, he, you could give this guy a thousand changes and he doesn't bitch about it. He's just very passionate, young, cool guy. Nice. So we integrated my logo. Um, Gene did like all the computer work, but the, the Ouroboros, this guy here. Mm-hmm. So this is the original drawing. The guy that drew that passed away. He was killed in a motorcycle accident about four weeks ago, five weeks ago, like Terrible. five minutes, not even five minutes down the street from my house. Mm. Unfortunately, unbelievable. Um, so to hear that. So now when I see the cover, it's kind of like he's kind of living on through some of this artwork that, yeah. you know, he wasn't like this famous artist. He was just a really good friend of mine that was a killer artist. So this is the pencil drawing on a piece of paper. Holy shit. Wow. This is the actual, so this is to scale. You can see how big yeah. my head. Okay. Wow. This is this is the real drawing. Let me get let me see if I can get it. Oh, that's fucking amazing. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. That's some detail. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yep. Oh wow, that's yeah. Yeah, amazing. that's amazing. So he he hand drew this in my kitchen on the kitchen table and um and then i scanned this and then we ended up 
in corp, you know. So actually, this is a little more red on the CD than in person. In person, it's a little more kind of burgundy-ish. Mm-hmm. And so my merch, the merch that I have, is actually a little bit more representative. It's it's like as to what the drawing is. On the CD, it's it's definitely more like red. Yeah. But it still looks cool. Yeah. 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 But anyway, the vinyl, as I was saying, the, the vinyl was white which just looked so clean with the cover but the red one just looks so badass with this red mm-hmm. and then the white with red blood splatter because there's actually like drops of blood here if you can see yep. these little like the blowout like my logo is piercing through this guy yeah, yeah. and you can see some of the splatter so the, the white with the red blood splatter is just going to be like continuation so yeah I totally yeah, dig I how how uh, how excited you are. I do too. Talk. I'm sitting I'm sitting here listening to him, and I'm like, I love this. I know, yeah, like man. I'm on the edge of my seat just watching you yeah. like nerd out <laughs> on how badass your artwork is. And hey, I, know. I know you're so in the right place, bro. You're that's, so that's, that's so funny that you say that because I was sitting here just the smile was creeping across my face just watching his enthusiasm for yeah. for his own yeah, me, artwork and his too. album. My my That's, heart my heart rate went up about two thousand percent. You know, I do. I'm about I to start headbanging, and there's no music. You know, <laughs> I do the same thing with Queens, right? With the you know when we did the logo, and and Gene who did this, he did the new wow. Queens right cover, um, and Eric Lorman actually had a mock up of the dna first he's like hey remember we were talking about artwork and this and that he's like well i, I kind of did something but i never showed it to you i said well what is it because i told him about oh it'd be cool if the dna blah 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 well he ended up doing this kind of mock-up of what the cover looks like and and we changed it and, but i go through with the artist and i was like hey i need these little nerve endings to make this logo look like a living entity like it has its own energy and life to it. So in the in the tririte where the DNA goes like that, yeah. I need these these yellow and purple and I need these nerve endings to look like they have life. So all those little details I go through. I know. love I love the Queen's album cover, by the way, too. It, it, it's it's just uh it's the traditional logo, obviously, but uh, brought up to date and has the concept of DNA sort of intertwined or incorporated into it. But I love the artwork. It's just the the Queensryche, you know, the the cross or whatever you call it. A trireich. The trireich, yes. And and I love the color scheme, the the bluish yeah. purplish kind of thing. Uh, I yeah, yeah th- I thought this the uh, album cover was great when I first saw it too. So thank you. Um, awesome that it completes the package because the record is amazing too to listen to uh going back to rejoice um i wanted to ask you as a multi-instrumentalist uh a guy who's not just an adequate drummer but a hell of a drummer and i know that you play guitar and we obviously know your vocal abilities have you ever has it ever been a goal of yours to create a solo album where you play absolutely everything on the record or is that maybe something that eh, if it happens, it happens, but it's not really something you're shooting for? It wasn't anything I'm shooting for because, um, you know, I kind of like to go with the Henry Ford concept. You know, it's like uh, you, you get the best people to do that job for you. Mm-hmm. So, but there are moments where I'm like, hey, 
you know, maybe, maybe I'll do something like that. Just not as an ego thing, but just because it's like, Hey, I, for me, like, yeah, I, yeah. So, because I can, so, but I'm not like a, a shreddy guy. So there's times where I think, Oh, the song would call for that, but fuck, I can't do that. So how do I work around it? Okay. I, I have ideas. So I've actually got some like melodic death black songs that I've written. And and I I well on these little demos they're just programmed drums. So I would actually have to play them. Um and so I would play play those. Um I could do the bass lines that I wanted. I played all the rhythms. I mean they're it's killer. It's really cool stuff. I want to do like an EP of of just this. You know, I mean uh like full blown corpse paint, like fucking, you know, I want it to be like this side thing that I just do and kind of see what it's like. Yeah. But do you have, there a, are name, times where you have I, a name for that project yet? So I don't have a name for it. And, and as a little caveat here, um, legally right now, because of my contract with, with, with the label, not with century, um, I'm a, I can do, full albums under my name mm. so if i wanted to call it another band name right now as as my contract sits i can't okay and and, and that sucks because i don't want to always call everything my name yeah. so i'm not really sure how i'm going to work that but i think you know when when that expires uh I, i'm definitely going to push it's still me. It's still me. And yeah. I'm not anything bigger than Queensryche. I'm not leaving Queensryche. I'm not, you know, Queensryche is always paramount. Okay. But if I have a cool sounding thing of music and I want to call it something else, like Eric Peterson had a band called Dragon Lord. Yeah. Right. Okay? And it was like this, this, this black metal symphonic melodic, you know. I remember that. Yeah. But he didn't call it Eric Peterson. It's just Dragon Lord. Right. So. You know, I'd like to be able to call it something and not just me. Although if it had to be me, maybe it would just be the TLT written in this like really cool way. Yeah. You know? um, and, and it could still work. It could totally still work. Like, but yeah, love- illegible, like tree branches and shit. So no one can read it. Yeah. Like every other <laughs> band like that. <laughs> well, see, the, the, the cool thing about uh, even if you had to go that route is this this solo path for you it has no real boundaries or or necessarily expectations so if you did want to put out a tlt black metal album i can do it there's there's nobody saying what's he thinking that you know it's you you, you've clearly made your own path here and right as long as you're doing the tlt stuff right i think that you're i don't think tlt is in a box so you're free to do what you want I'm glad that you that you say that and think that because that's really what I want is is to be like, you know, Opeth. Opeth can do whatever they can go from a beautiful 12 string thing into full blown gutturals into this, you know, really progressive thing with these organ sounds. They could do anything they want, right? Yeah. I, I want to do the same thing. So on the solo record, yeah, you had, you know, Crossroads Insanity. Then you had Vanguards of the Don Wall. Then you had uh, re- the title track, and then you had the gutturals of one by one, 
Then you had the pretty singing in the beginning of Vex. Then it was full-blown high singing in Vex. Then it, so yeah, I want to be able to do whatever I want to do and not have this, this label of he only does thrash. He only does, yeah. you know, if I did a right. guttural thing, it's like, oh, what's you doing here? It's like, no, he does, he could do, he does all this stuff. That's kind of what you would expect is you don't know what to expect. I think it helps too that you are so closely identified with Queensryche. So, so there will never be any, uh, you know, you didn't establish yourself as Todd Latore. You established yourself as the singer for Queensryche. So, and that's a very strong brand and a strong identity. So if yeah. you want to go and do something as TLT, I think everyone would reasonably expect that you're kind of doing whatever you want in that lane, you know? Right. It's just like Jason, you know, if he's doing, you know, dangerous toys or whatever, there's an expectation of what that should be. But if he wants to go out and do Jason McMaster records, it could be anything. It could be anything. Exactly. And I think and it, is, and it is. Yeah, exactly. It is. Do you have any uh, plans to tour the Rejoice album? So that's a really good question. Yeah. The answer is yes. Um, but the kicker for me is um you know i touring is so expensive mm -hmm. okay and with queensrike we do well enough that we can tour on a bus with just the band not you know some bands uh, buses have two bands on it and they try to share the expense you know we we just have our band on the bus and you know we travel comfortably and it's we we do well Right. So for my own stuff, look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making those kind of guarantees. I don't even know what, what kind of numbers I would pull on my own. Um, but I wouldn't probably do like a long thing. I, I would like to be like, Hey, I'm going to go do a 10, 10 day, 12 day run up the East coast. Mm -hmm. And let me bang out Georgia you know, up in New England area, let me do that. Um, and then another time, Hey, I want to go, I want to go West and do Arizona, Texas, you know, Texas, Arizona, try to knock out some of that and then come back. So if I could do them in like two week spurts, the problem is I'd probably, depending on the money, but I, I mean, if I didn't really make anything, but I toured in a bus, I would rather do that and do it for fun then make some little money and do it in a van because i just dude when you when you travel nice in a bus going in a van unless you have hotels and the, the stops make sense then it's a then a bus is a waste of money but right. you know it, it so it boils down to what kind of money can i get and 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 then the guys that are gonna have play with me you know i can't expect them to work for free so i gotta pay them the problem is when you get really seasoned guys that have toured and they've done it all, like they want, they want real money. Yeah. You know, and unless you got like your buddies that are like, fuck it, let's just, we're just going to go have fun. And, and that's what it is. It's like, it's like, we're going like the guys going camping. We're going to go fucking rock for 10 days and come home. Don't expect to like have a fat wallet when you come back, but we're going to have a kick-ass time. And if I could get out and open for like bands that I'm friends with, you know, like Armored Sane or Testament or Overkill or something like that, you know, Flotsam. I don't know if I could get on a slot with them as, as an opener for one or two nights while they're 
making their run, that yeah. would be great. You know, I don't, I don't need to be any, you know, big thing, but I, I think I could do shows on my own and I would love to pack little, you know, little 300, 400 seaters, you know, yeah. just, just, I would love to do that. I would just love to do sweaty, that. man. Yeah. At some point I'm definitely going to do this stuff live. It's just, I got to figure this out. Man. Well, I'm, a, I'm asking for selfish reasons because I was hoping you would come to Texas and we'd get to see you uh, do the Rejoice album live. Not to that harp be... on it, but people don't know how much a bus is every day. Oof. A bus, a daily bus fee is. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be a couple of gigs worth of pay sometimes for one day on a bus. Yeah, it's you know, expensive. In, in, in tough times, it could. Yeah, it could not make sense at all to be on a bus. But I hear you. Uh, if you were on a bus and you were kind of roughing it a little bit, you wouldn't have to have a hotel room every night. It was just get one room to shower and, you know, there's ways, day of, room. ways around that. You yeah. got to take care of your driver. The driver's a member of the band or more important sometimes. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, upset driver, upset band. Sleepy yeah. driver, no good. Piss off um, the driver, tour's over, you know. Yeah, yeah, we we get really good drivers. And so, you know, if I could if I could afford a bus on my own, uh, you know, there's a couple drivers that I totally know are great and we have a yeah. really good rapport from touring with, with the Queensryche and and so yeah, but yeah, you gotta get a day room for for the band to, to shower and do all that, and then you gotta get a room for the driver every every night yep so yeah. it it adds up it really adds up yeah we should but, talk yeah. real quick well, let's, um, let's hope that happens yeah go ahead dave yeah i i hope that does happen but in the meantime we do know that you're going out with queensrike again so where will yeah. people be able to see you uh with queensrike on this next run sure so the tour starts march 3rd um and that first show i believe is in orlando florida and then we head south, like down near Fort Lauderdale, and then back up. We and we do the U.S. It's about a six week, six six and a half week tour. Okay. And then, and then the last show is uh, April sixteenth. It'll be a hometown show for me here at Janice in St. Pete. Um, but we roll through Texas, right? And right. so um, they can go on to any of the Queensrÿche official social. Uh, outlets out there. I mean, our website, queensrikeofficial.com, there's a tour tab. Um, I'm not sure if the Facebook has a tour date thing or not, to be honest, but, but yeah, I mean, everywhere where the official Queensrike stuff is, you can Google the tour dates. It's very easy to find. And uh, all those tour dates are there. So, so yeah, we got rehearsals coming up here in 10 days and it's going to be a completely different set. So we're going to play a lot of stuff from my era with the band. Wow. Like nice. A significant amount. Yeah. And then we're, and then we're breaking out uh, a couple really deep, deep classic cuts. One of them I've never done in the band before. Ah, and Something about a lady. No lady wore okay. black is not in it. Okay. Just a, um, just a question. No, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so yeah, there's, there's some going to be, it's going to be a really good set i gotta start you know warming up my voice and getting conditioned for these and i'm actually like 
reading lyrics to memorize. It's like, oh, like some, a couple of the old ones. It's like, I'm trying to, I don't remember how that goes. And so I'm refreshing lyrics and whatnot, but. So yeah, it's, it's a lo- it's a longer set because it's a headlining set. If yeah. if anyone and everyone listening or watching saw uh, Queensrÿche on the priest, both priest legs uh, yeah. on the fifty year anniversary and Digital Noise Alliance when it it came out kind of mid tour, didn't it? The Queensrÿche record. Uh, so I think the so the second tour we did with them, that's like right when the record came out. Right, that's what I thought. Right. Yeah. That's where it came out right then. So we added like two new songs. And then on that tour, we we had a, a bunch of dates that were 45 minute opening slots. And then and then a lot of them that were an hour. Right. So this this headline set will be uh, probably not an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And um, you're going and out with uh, with Marty Friedman and Trauma. Is that correct? Yep. So Trauma will open up the night for those that aren't familiar that's a, a thrash band that Cliff Burton was in before he joined Metallica. That's right. kind of their their kind of big claim to fame. Yeah, um, really cool guys, great music. So they're gonna they're gonna you know start kicking the show off with that, and then Marty Friedman will be direct support, which is cool because you know he doesn't play the U.S. that much. Yeah. Um. So people will get a chance to check all that stuff out, and uh, you know. Yeah, it's going to be good. But, you know, six, six weeks when I saw you guys in Texas, it's, it gets tiring. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Yep. Six, six, six and a half weeks is like, you know, I mean, week two, you're like, fuck yeah. Week three, you're like, bam, you know, we're, we're just so gelled. Week four, you're like, ah, man, this is getting, <laughs> get tired. And then week five, you're like, okay, we got another week after this. We're almost, weeks you know into that got a week left you're like and really like that last week i almost think you have the most fun because Mm -hmm. you know you know the end is near yeah been doing it all and there's like less stress and pressure and i almost think some of those last shows are are the best the best the most fun for me because um i'm so conditioned at I know that I'm getting ready to go home soon and, and it feels happier for me for some reason. Yeah. I got to say, I was thinking about you uh, the, the, the next day after I saw you, because when we saw you in San Antonio, the very next day was Thanksgiving. And, you know, of course, I'm following you on social media and I'm following Judas Priest on social media. And you guys, you know, I'm at home with my family celebrating the holiday and you guys are stuck in a hotel somewhere or sitting on a bus at a truck stop parking lot. And I was just thinking, you know what, there is a lot of sacrifice that goes into what you do. And I, I, I know people look at you on stage and they see you in the magazines and they they I know not everybody thinks it's all glamour all the time, but I don't think it really sinks in um, unless you really give it some thought. And I gave it a lot of thought that day because the very next day, less than 24 hours later, I'm sitting at a spread with my parents and my, you know, my siblings. And I was thinking of you guys wonder yeah. what the hell you're doing probably having dinner with the road crew somewhere you know oh, th- first of all thank you for that um that thanksgiving it was rainy and it was cold and we were at a hotel and i remember um our tour manager said hey they have a thanksgiving dinner you can order at inside 
And it was like, you know, a little bit of turkey and, you know, stuffing and all that. And so I, I, I actually got my own room for that day. And I was like, all right, I need just, I got to have my, I got to lay sprawl out on the bed. I got to like, just have my own space. So I bought my own room. And then I did a band text and I go, uh, I'm hungry. I'm going to go down and eat. If anyone wants to join me. Michael is the only one that texted me back and said, Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll join you. I was like, okay. So, uh, Michael and I went down stairs into the main area and we sat down and they ordered and they brought us our little Thanksgiving dinner. But yeah, soon we were done, you know, and then Michael went and ventured and did whatever. And then I went back to my room and watched TV. Like it was, it's lonely, dude. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it can get, it can get depressing because, yeah. you know, everyone's, yeah, yeah. And you're happy and it's happy for that moment. And then they go home and they're, that was their night out. Yeah. And then, you know, but it's like, I'm going to go find, you know, find the shower in that venue. I'm going to live out of a suitcase. I'm going to go back on the bus and I'm going to do it again. And this is what I'm going to do for, you know, six weeks. Yeah. And while everybody else gets to, to do that, you know, there are those moments. So thank you for acknowledging yeah. some of those sacrifices that um, people may not think about. Yeah, I, I think about it from time to time, just in general, but that one really hit home because I guess it's because we talked to you, we had you on the podcast. Uh, yeah. I saw you in person at the gig. And so it, it really, like, it really resonated with me and sort of stuck with me for a few days afterwards because I, that I was doing the opposite of what you were doing. So, you know, one of the, one of the things that gives me a lot of anxiety is, you know, as your parents get older and, you know, I, 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 you know, when my dad died, he, he committed suicide back in 2014 and you get that phone call. Right. Mm. And I can remember this, just getting blindsided. I happened to be home and not that it would have mattered, but I, I happen to be home. But I get anxiety thinking, what if what if something happens to my mom? What if, you know, I get that call and say, this happened to mom? Or my wife calls and says, our little dog, oh, you know, he passed away or he had a seizure or he had, you know, I get these really morbid, dark thoughts. And I think if I'm out on a starting a tour and something happens to my family member, my sister, who knows? What do I, what do I, what do I do? Right. Do I just, not, I, I gotta go see, you gotta go home. You gotta see your mom. Right. right. But, but then again, you're, you're, you're screwing everybody's pay. Everybody to promote you're, you know, it's not a good thing, yeah. but psychologically there's no way I could go out there and sing every night. And it's just, that'd be a wreck. Right. You know? So those kind of things bother me and they worry me as you know we're aging and these things happen and you think i mean jason has toured forever he knows what that can be like i mean the guys in the band i've i've seen guys in the band get phone calls of a family member passing away on the tour yeah. and i'm like I, I i don't think i could even be here like i would have to go home and i would be a basket case for a long time yeah so those are the kinds of things you but any traveling business person would be in the same boat as what I'm right. discussing. Not, not because I'm in a band. I'm special to this. Drummer, drummer from Dangerous Toys, and we were making the record, the phone rang and his father had passed away. 
So he's ah. in the middle of making a record. It's like your creative moment, right? Is crushed. And then yeah. you have to fly home. Yeah. Uh, of course, you have to fly. Yeah. So everything kind of stops for a second. and Yeah. But that's just, yeah. it's on one side, it's what you signed up for. On the other side, you're not a robot. You're a fucking right. human being. Right. So there's exactly. all of this stuff that goes along with it. Yeah. That's important. And uh, yeah. Well said. Yeah. Well said. So before we close this out, I'm going to, I'm going to turn the tables on, on Jason. Oh shit. And I, wa I want to know how cool was that on these, these uh, gigs that you were called as a last second <laughs> emergency reserve to go sing for. That's a hell of a segue. Wait, did that matter? Because it's the same thing when you're thinking about it. It's like, the, oh, the singer, we can't play. Oh, the crew can't work. The promoter's fucked. Da, 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 da. Okay, oh. yeah, you're right. That's a segue. It's the same thing, isn't it? In a, in a, in a much lighter, I mean, no one died. Right. Well but played, still, Todd. It's Go not ahead, Thanksgiving. Jason. It wasn't Thanksgiving and no one died, but. Thank you, everyone, for joining the Talk Ladder podcast. I'm your host, Todd Latore, with Dave Lesnar here. Our special guest this evening is, you know him well, the voice of Dangerous Toys and many, many others, Mr. Jason McMaster. Jason, thank you for being with us. It's a blast. Right thank out of the you. gate. It's an I'd honor like to be here with you guys today. It, I know. <laughs> so what was that like? Uh, no rehearsal. Fuck. Uh, I don't know the song. You want me to sing what song? What? I don't know that song. Okay. So imagine this, whether it be Wolf Hoffman or Joey Vera, right? Wolf yeah. Hoffman or Joey Vera. And I'm, and, and the set list, I'm going, well, you know, uh, the older the material, the, the easier it is for me to even, uh, sing it phonetically, whether I know the song verbatim or not. Because like, you grew up you know, on it. Fast as a shark, I I got that. You know, can you deliver and Madhouse and and March of the Saint? You know, I got that. You know, long before I die, I can I I can do that. Uh, but there's all these other things, and I'm like, never, oh shit, I don't know I've that. Never heard that yet. Right. So I had to figure. I it mean, out. you never you never heard "Rejoice in the Suffering." How would you know these except in uh, Armored Saint songs? It's, it's the same, right? Right. It's like, hey, I'm, hey, we need a guy. Okay, you just stand here and like do whatever. We don't care if you. I mean, Wolf Hoffman actually said something like, "We don't care if you hold an iPad and just stand there and sing." Yeah, but it's also that familiarity, right? Like, yeah. you're like, no, like I don't even know the song. So you have to like learn something you've never even really heard before. Yeah, I, 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 I don't even have room to apologize to these guys. Like, you know, the mark, except the, the last 10 years of except I'm, I'm, I'll just hand over my heart. I'm unfamiliar with it. Sure. I've you're on it. I've heard it and it's pretty badass. So I'm yeah. just going, but I mean, I'm stuck in 1986 as all my friends know. So, you know, I want to hear all the Udo shit up to all the way through, you know, not even Russian roulette, honestly. Metal hard. Get me to, yeah, get me to metal hard and I'm cool. But, right. wow, there's this whole other, you know, nine lives. I, I know the first four lives. I don't know what's happening after that. Uh, to answer the question, 
it was the most under the terrible circumstances it was the most awesome invite a hard rock heavy metal singer could could red carpet roll out yeah you know they're handing me you know mark's microphone they're handing me john bush's microphone i'm going whoa it's like uh, you know what i mean it's like it's like the i accept this award yeah the, I, the pick I, of destiny i'm not worthy yeah. I, the microphone of destiny the mic of destiny yeah, yeah. mic of mic of destiny <laughs> yeah and uh it's like i i don't know what to say i did not prepare a speech i just landed an hour ago um there i don't go. know i don't know the fucking songs but here goes nothing but real quick i got it let me interject yeah uh Aside of how well it went or whatever, put that on the side. The real sweetness to this is that they called you. And what does that say? Like that touches you to say, wow, whether I knew them or knew the songs or didn't know the songs, they respected me well enough. A, as a human being, because if you're awesome, but you're a fucking asshole, they're not going to call you. But you're not. You're an awesome guy. Right. So that's a real testament to you as your character. And of course, you got the chops. So what a great thing at the end of the day, whether you missed a lyric or you nailed the lyric or a note or whatever. The fact that you were the go to guy and is a lot. And then you had the balls to say. I'll do it. And like, I'm going to bite this thing off and I'll learn how to chew it as I go. Right. And, yeah. and, and so kudos to you for doing that. Because well, I mean, people say, Oh, it takes a lot of balls to, you know, get into Queensryche and fill those shoes. And I'm like, well, what was I going to do? Say no, like, yeah. no, you can go do it. <laughs> well, li- little known fact. So that's um, awesome, man. I think that's awesome. And I'm so glad that you got to, to do that and experience that. And you have a closer bond with those guys in a different way now than you had even before, even though you knew them. You know, yeah. John, John Bush almost said those exact words. He like, at the end of the day, after it all kind of dust started to settle, he was like, now I got to tell you this and you should already fucking know this. Cause I've known John forever. He's, he says, now you're, you're part of this family. Now you're bonded. Now That's there's cool. something different about our relationship. I, and yeah, I, I cried at the end. I, I just, I, I was like, I can't, yeah. I yeah. can't express what yeah. this all means. I didn't, you know, I had to leave. I wanted to leave. My job was done. John was back a hundred percent. You know, they, he did the whole set the next night or the day after I left or whatever. And it was like that bittersweet going in and bittersweet yeah. going out. It's like, I, I, you got, you know, big hug. I got to go. Yeah. So I, had a I, lot of respect, you know, from the audience to be like, hey, they called this guy and they're that's our band. We're going to we're going to champion this guy and root for him through the set. And, you know, you you fucking kicked ass, dude. I watched thanks. the footage. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, well, the, the, the Scott truth Ian, is Scott Ian said something. Sorry, Dave. Scott Ian said something to me because we, me and Dave just saw uh, Anthrax, Black Label, and Exodus at the same venue we last saw you at in San Antonio, okay. the mm-hmm. Tech Port Center. And it was yeah. fucking unbelievable. That show was fucking off the hook. 
And Scott Ian said, said, I saw a photo of Bush and Frank Bello at the soundboard watching Armored Saint. And I was like, surreal, right? Yeah. Going, yeah, that didn't even make sense to my brain. <laughs> yeah. What, what, I, what, Bush is watching his own band and some I know. fuckhead Texan dude is up there with his <laughs> mic, with his band. Yeah. <laughs> That's not fair. Don't say Texan. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Why not? Well, I... I have to tell you all the the truth is the reason that Jason got the call from Armored Saint and accept is only because I wasn't available. Oh, that's well, really what it boils down well, to. It's true. Okay, yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. Hey. So I think he did a pretty good job, all things considered. Dave had another gig that week. I had another gig. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had my I, my cubicle was calling. Yeah. I well, had another, no, those yeah. calls and and you know you clear your calendar. What? Hey, yeah. hi, it's Queen's and We want you to be our singer now. Let me check my calendar. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that yeah, that's sure. so this was the thing where I had to call, you know, my work and just make sure that they yeah. knew I have to do this. Yeah. And they you were like, yeah. yeah, you're right. You have to do this. So thank yeah. God for them too. You know, that Absolutely. my family and my my you know, my my thing. My people were like, oh, my God, that's badass. Yeah, we're, we're working on it. So they're picking up the other line going, uh, clear Jason's calendar. Thank you. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Well, I, I wanted to, 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 you know, in case I'm, I'm sure you've talked about it on the podcast. Yeah. Before, but, but, you know, I, I wanted to kind of hear that from you. And, and uh, I think that's really awesome. And, and I'm glad that you that you got that call and that you, that you do, you know, that you delivered the goods and, and it was a really good look too. It was like, fuck yeah, man, check this out. Like I was getting texts, like, you know, did you yeah, see you, you texting me after I landed, you were text on the accept thing. You were like, dude, no way. That was like yeah. something like your text said. And I was like, uh, it's real. Yeah, right that's now cool. that's awesome i'm yeah. studying lyrics i'm i'm looking at the lyrics for metal heart right now kind of that kind of shit so yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks cool. for thanks for saying that it means a lot coming yeah, from you for and sure as well as dave because every every all my friends and family were just championing the shit out of me the whole time and i felt the love hell yeah it was a special moment that i I was I was standing tall because of the support that I had. Yeah. And, and I knew that I was just going to do the best that I could no matter what. Yeah. I I I have to time out and just be honest with with but well but with both of you guys is I can't watch the videos. Uh, I can't yeah, watch I it because the songs that I really don't know, I'm like really looking at the floor at the cheat sheet. I'm really I get lost a bunch. I don't want to bring it all up, but it makes me nervous right. when I watch those yeah. videos because I know when it ain't right. Yeah. And well, maybe, that's maybe the, that, know, that's the that's the integrity that you have that you know what it's supposed to be, right. and you're like, ah, if I if I would have had a little more preparation, if if you knew like, hey, there's a scheduling conflict, you got a month. Yeah. Okay, but that's dude. The fact that you even went up there with the courage to grab that mic and go for it. Yeah. So you messed up. If, according to you, you, you had, oh, no. okay, whatever. Nobody, <laughs> yeah, nobody right. cares. Nobody the phone, cares. The phone rang last night. And, and you know on what? An airplane. Yeah. The yeah. show, the show didn't get canceled and you saved that, that those gigs. So yeah. there you go. 
Yeah. yeah. The, well, we were, we were all super proud of him, man. I, I can tell you, Todd, I woke up the next morning, I went to YouTube and I saw the videos and I was like, I was texting Jason and I was telling him, I am literally jumping up and down in my room right now watching these videos. I'm like, awesome. fuck yeah, do it, man, <laughs> do it, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was stoked. And so <laughs> it, it had to have been weird, Dave, like me calling you going, yeah, I can't do the podcast this weekend. <laughs> Yeah. crickets crickets well, yeah. well why not because i'm fronting except for a week gotta go by yeah <laughs> yeah dude i was probably one of the first people to get the news because he has well, to work with me to do well, this podcast we had, yeah. we had people schedule oh, it was it was kate and depenya from high yeah. so we were yeah. supposed to interview and we couldn't i had to cancel yeah and i didn't even right. tell i didn't even tell uh kate and why Hey, we have to move. We have to reschedule your thing. I'm leaving <laughs> off because I'm getting on a yeah. plane in a couple hours with a lyric book. You know. Well, yeah. hey, man, if there was ever a, a reasonable excuse, I would that say it. that's it. And especially someone like Kaiten would totally get it. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. fuck yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And Todd, I think we've already kept you past your limit, man. I know you've okay, got a bye. guest in town uh, visiting. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to keep you any longer. Always a pleasure talking to you, man. Uh, what you know. I uh, wish you continued success with uh, Rejoice in the Suffering. People need to go check out the uh, the new vinyl versions, colored versions. Yeah. Um, look for Todd out on the road with Queensryche coming up here shortly. Uh, that goes for a few weeks, a couple months, whatever it was, with uh, uh, Marty Friedman and Trauma. Starts Queen March 3rd. Starts March 3rd. Queensryche still touring the excellent album Digital Noise Alliance. On behalf of my co-host, Jason McMaster, I'm Metal Dave Glessner, along with our special guest, Todd LaTorre, on the Talk Louder podcast.